Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, hey 99ers, are you guys willing to change your fan base name? Because we have a new podcast on Patreon, podcast like it's 1989, and we're looking to turn some of you 99ers into 89ers. That's the hope uh, that you're interested in hearing us talk about some of the best films of 1989, uh, from Batman to When Harry Met Sally, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Field of Dreams, Major League, with great guests like Tom Meissen and Liz Hanna, Joanna Robinson, Chuck Hayward, Brian Cogman. Uh, you can sign up at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. For $5, you'll get access to audio for all of these fantastic episodes. And for a few bucks more, you get video of our 99 episodes as well as our 89 episodes. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phil Iskove. And with us today, I'm very pleased to say, bringing us full circle, uh, is Emily Nussbaum, staff writer at The New Yorker, author of I Like to Watch, Arguing My Way Through the TV Revolution. She's back with us. Uh, we talked about the premiere a few months ago, and I'm thrilled to have you back to talk about the finale. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so um, we obviously, you know, when you were on for the uh, for the premiere, we talked about sort of how the show came into your life and all of that. So we'll skip all of that this time around. But in terms of this episode, uh, and in terms of sort of the finales of this, you know, various season finales of this show, um, you know, I I watched it again yesterday uh, to sort of refresh myself on it. And this season has been a really interesting journey for me through the show because I do think, and we talked about this a little bit in the premiere, but that this season is um, 
when it's finding its voice, right? I mean, it, it really comes into its own, I feel like, in season three and onward. Um, this is the season where you're still starting to see a little bit of the, it's a little shaky at times. Um, and this finale feels a little, it's got some odd stuff in it that feels like it's not totally committed to some things. I don't know if you agree or not. That's really interesting. What, what did you feel like it wasn't totally committed well, to? Well, I feel like, Charlotte's storyline is a, is not a storyline, really. I mean, she 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 finds a horse. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. No, no, but uh, okay. I I, yeah, no, like, I I the classic the Sex and the City defender, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, always come in and I'm like, I think this is absolutely true. It's literally one of the slightest plots that I have <laughs> ever seen on the show. It is yes. hilariously like there's no. <laughs> There's really no backstory to it. Also, nope. like, like all we nope. all all it is is just like Charlotte was a horse girl, which makes sense. It doesn't. <laughs> they don't even like. There's a lot of jokes that feel left out that they could have made yes. about this, yes. but they don't. Um, yes. But but I actually love this about the episode because um, because I think this is classic Sex in the City structure, which mm. is that this this thing has two deeply emotional, richly layered plots about relationships. Mm-hmm. One ultra dirty like super yes, horny yes, yes. samantha plot yes. that's really graphic and and mm-hmm. and has um which i think is this key element of the show and one plot that's barely a plot that's like <laughs> like wordplay and yet out yeah. of this extremely slender plot they managed to get one of the best scenes in the show because they have carrie show up at the stable in in the yes. the state that i most enjoy seeing carrie in which is this yes. occasional just unbelievably bitter irritable state yes. wearing that crazy red top so mm-hmm. even though the plot is kind of a meaningless a meaningless plot. Like I feel mm-hmm. like it's the combination of those things that's what makes the show. And it wouldn't work if it was four plots that were all deeply emotional, thoughtful. It's true. It, I, I, I can't I can't disagree with that. I it, it's I, I think ultimately when push comes to shove this season, Charlotte is the one who seems to get short shrift the most, right? Which is that she doesn't really, there's a bunch of things that come in. You've got an episode where she has a brother, which we never see again, never hear from again. And Samantha has sex with, like, you're just like, (laughs) it's, it's just, there's things that kind of, sometimes she feels a little bit like a skeleton key where they're just like, she's going to do what we need her to do. And we'll bend her and do whatever, which is, which is fine. And I do think that they really do start to understand her in season three, her whole Trey relationship, her hair, her Harry relationship. I mean, they really dig into her. And I, I might argue that she has perhaps one of the most fulfilling arcs in the whole series in terms of I like, agree. Her growth. I think she's a really rich character who changes. And yeah, it's true. Yeah. At this point, she's a, I mean, you know, it's funny because she's a, there are characters that are stereotypes that are mm-hmm. rounded stereotypes. And, you know, just as it's a weird comparison, but I always think that one of the most brilliant things on Friends is the fact that Jennifer Aniston is playing like a complete cultural stereotype of this Jappy yes. girl from Long Island who's had a nose yes. job and like, like, the, and he has an ex fiance named Barry and this whole thing. But <laughs> it's this incredibly like rich, rounded yes. version of this. And Charlotte becomes that of this kind mm-hmm. of spoiled, preppy, horse girl from Connecticut, but it's true at this point in the show, they're more just like amused by her being a, yeah, she's a punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which again, like it, it doesn't bother me. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this in the first episode, but you know, I watched the whole first season as we led into, into the first one. And, you know, Charlotte doesn't even really feel like the fourth girl for a little bit, you know, straightforwardly. It makes 
no sense that they <laughs> even know her. Well, like yes, it, sure. it actually makes no. It's 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 yeah. fine because it's sort yeah. of the premise of the show. And again, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that is weird but works about the show. Is that you know, and I've written about this: the the characters having these sort of contrasting philosophical stances. That whenever mm-hmm. they have these debates about behavior, they all have these. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't work unless they had different perspectives. Like a lot of times totally. you have groups of friends that all have the same philosophy. They don't. But it actually makes sense that Carrie would know Samantha. And it also makes sense that Carrie would know Miranda. And frankly, it sort of makes sense, even though Miranda's in a slightly <laughs> different world, that she would be charmed by them and want to hang out with them. But yep. you try to put each of them with Charlotte, yep. and it's very hard to come up with a connection. Like, I feel like Miranda would meet Charlotte and completely write her off. It's funny you say that because it, it feels like I've, I've often thought about exactly what you're saying, which is that Samantha, for all intents and purposes, really sort of only makes sense with Carrie. Like she makes a little bit of sense with with Miranda, a little bit of sense with her, but like, and she makes see. no sense with Charlotte. But <laughs> but there's just something very. But I think that they they came up with something really smart, which was the pregnancy storyline brings Miranda and Charlotte together in a really emotional and and ultimately funny way too. That it they find ways to bring Charlotte into the fold in really organic, smart ways. Yeah. But to your point, up front, you're just like, why would you ever hang out? Why with Why would person? you ever <laughs> hang out with her? But but but, but it's true. I actually think. Yeah. It is, again, one of the great, brilliant things about mm-hmm. the show is that they looked at the material they have and they just continually go, what is the relationship between Charlotte and Samantha? So yep. they have yep. the episode where they're judging one another for being too mm-hmm. sexual or less sexual. Like mm-hmm. they, they really do come up with ways. But yes, at this in this particular episode, <laughs> but, like but you know, kind of sweetly, like they make of it what they have. I, I will say this is kind of a filthy thing to say, but it's true. I was watching the show and I was like, Please? what were they meaning to do with this horse plot? And I was like, <laughs> I, have some, I think Samantha would definitely yes. make a joke about horses, 100%. given what For her sure. plot is in this show. So For I was sure. like, there's literally yeah. like missing jokes mm-hmm. about this that mm-hmm. they don't want to sexualize the situation with horses, <laughs> but but usually they yeah. do do that. Yes. Like they, yes. like, well, but in this particular case, I literally felt like there had been two jokes that were cut or somewhere <laughs> along the line. Um, yeah, the the, anyway. the Carrie at the stables thing also brought to mind the the two episode in season four when she goes to um, Aiden's cottage or his house up yeah. in the in the boonies, um, and uh, and that's <laughs> to your point. It's always fun to put Carrie in a situation where she's. Um, overwhelmed or in a situation where she seems, you know, a little bit bitchy or just annoyed, it, it brings out, because she's generally speaking a pretty, I mean, she's the lead character, she's pretty easygoing when everything is said. Yeah, about. she's usually yeah. very warm, and like, it's one of the yeah. only reasons I think Charlotte would exist in this world, is I feel like <laughs> Carrie met her and was like, oh, you know, I'll cut her some slack. Like, she, sure, she's sure. sort of like a curious, open person, mostly, but the funny <laughs> thing about that scene and the thing was we did um, uh, the 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 other episode where they go to the, the ballpark, park, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And it, it's the exact same Carrie mode. Like, it's a rare yes. thing to see yes. Carrie just pissed off, chain-smoking, <laughs> bitter, like, caustic. So yeah. it, when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, that's that exact state of mind. that She just, like, when she just lost it after these mm-hmm. particular disasters with Big. So I will just say, one of the things about this episode mm-hmm. is Sarah Jessica Parker 
gives a tremendous performance in this episode. Totally. Like it a hundred percent wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Like she covers everything. Like it's crazy. Like yeah. we'll talk about the scene with Big and mm-hmm. everything, but mm-hmm. just even in the smaller scenes, like the stable one, like <laughs> the horse yep. makes a move and she's like, what's she's like, what's up with that? <laughs> what's, what's up, up with, with that? that guy? <laughs> what's up with that guy? Like just, just these weird, even like small gestures and stuff. Yes. And then, yes. you know, like she also has this scene where she's walking down the block with Samantha talking about her sexual mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. She gets off great punchlines. Like even in the yeah. first scene where early scene where they're talking at the table, she says, what is, what is she, she just says to Smith, you really need to get an opinion. You really need to get an opinion on something. Yeah. On something. Like yeah. it's just, yeah. and, and then she does that imitation of the, of, mm-hmm. of like the, the praying mantis eating its mane. Mm-hmm. She just is funny. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. just, it was one of those things where I watched it and I was like, she just deserves so much credit because. I completely agree. It just brings and 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 so even when Carrie is acting in a slightly off-putting way, which frankly I, I feel like her final conclusion in this episode is questionable mm-hmm. about her understanding of their relationship. Mm-hmm. But yes. you feel so emotionally in tune with her yeah. charm and her vulnerability that you can understand why it was okay for her to come to that conclusion right then or to behave as she's behaving. Yeah, I you know I, I think that this. This season for me, because and I think she's very funny in season one. I think season one is is very good in its own right. Um, this feels to me like when she really starts to the writers and care and and Carrie and Sarah Jessica Parker really start to dig into the brokenness of of Carrie's character, why she sort of is the way she is. Um, you know, th- there's a there's a moment, and and I want to unpack the final scene when we get to it, but I just want to highlight this one moment when when she asks him, "Why wasn't it me?" Which, as a as a protagonist in a television show, that is a bold question that would never be asked because it's dangerous, because it has a fallout, because it could make them look bad. And I love that they do it, and I love the way she asks it. There's a vulnerability to it. It's it's really just um, it is a masterclass in comedy and drama. What she's doing as Carrie Bradshaw in this episode. I think it's pretty incredible. Pretty yeah, incredible. she's great. And and also, I mean, again, we, we can get into it, but mm-hmm. the, yeah. the scene in the restaurant mm-hmm. is so good. But, you know, the, this is a, I think this is a very good episode, partially because, yeah. I mean, you, we can talk about all of these different things. I think all of the plots, you know, have, have their moments. But the, mm-hmm. the other thing is, we, I mean, I assume we're, we'll talk about Miranda mm-hmm. also, but Absolutely. the scene Absolutely. at the door with Miranda and Steve is literally one Tremendous. of my favorite scenes in the entire show. Like, I, agree. I, I like, I'm always so taken with it. And I've seen it a bunch of times. Mm. And it's, it's a, lovely. A funny thing is, I once I, th- I think wrote something about it because I was I wrote a brief piece about the horribly bowdlerized e reruns where they cut out yes. all the dirty yes. parts, and I yes. hate those things because they yeah. ruin the show. Like yeah. in a way that editing doesn't often ruin shows, it ruins this show to do that. Totally. But totally. one of the funny things about it is you would understand that on e when they cut out all the cursing and the sex and stuff you know that Mar- that Samantha is not going to be much of a character. But the funny mm-hmm. thing is Miranda is the one who is harmed the most, well, or mm-hmm. just as much. Yeah. And part of it is because Miranda actually curses a lot and she yes. has a lot of sex. But yes. in this scene, they literally can't use the word shitty. So they Ugh. changed it and suddenly it's not even a scene. It's not a scene anymore. Yeah, but It's such yeah. A, a simple, powerful, surprising, yep. Yep. it's great. It's so. really, it's really lovely. I, I, I also just so, so 
the penultimate episode was written and directed by Darren Starr. This episode was written and directed by Michael Patrick King. The, the sort of the, the, the yin and yang of, of Sex and the City, if you will. Um, the, the previous episode is where, um, is the whole Hamptons situation where. Oh, it's 20 something girls and 30s. Yeah, that's a great yes. one. With it's the a great vomiting act. at the end, right? Vomiting at the end and her finding out that Big has got the new girlfriend and he's in town and, and, and the whole, uh, Charlotte dating a guy who's far too young for her like and the whole Hampton or whatever, yeah, yeah. all of it. Yeah, it's great. Um, what was great about that and, and is it common, a relatively common thing is the penultimate episode is when the big shit happens. And then the finale is where you deal with the fallout of it and you table set a little bit for, for in theory, your next season. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's generally the way that things go. Um, and I think that this episode, these two episodes next to each other are sort of the perfect distillation of that, of, you know, the bomb drops with Big coming back to town. He's got a new girlfriend. That's kind of the, the, the shattering Carrie moment. And then this episode is her trying to put herself back together, trying to be the, the quote unquote bigger person, trying to, to get over this as quickly as is humanly possible and, and proving to herself that she's not really capable of that. Yeah, and it's also, it, you know, it's funny. It's sad how these themes run through the show of like, because I know the show begins with her saying like, can women have sex with like a man? Like she's, <laughs> yeah. she's always sort of trying to yes, do yes. Set herself emotional tasks that aren't mm-hmm. actually possible for her. And in this one, she's like, it's like, it's like a, when Harry met Sally thing, it's like, why yeah. aren't we friends with our exes? It's like, yep. because it would make no sense. Like, I, as a person who stays friends with exes, even I would be like, yep. <laughs> deranged. Yes. Like, of course you can't be friends with yep. them. Um, but I felt but, the same way because I try to, and, and I am friends with some. I put friends in quotation marks because it's not like friendship, friendship. It's some weird hybrid situation, but yeah. I'm a weirdo. Like I am friends with some of my exes, but like even I can recognize in this circumstance. (laughs) And I love, I love how, uh, oh, the other thing, like I just love how funny and rigid they are in that first sequence because they actually have very different reasons for not wanting to be friends with their exes Mm -hmm. where um, Miranda has this, she's like we're prude about these things and she yes. but she's very strong feeling she's like he was inside mm-hmm. me and i want to get rid yeah, of it's him. over like yes. it's like yeah. over and then yeah. the great thing with charlotte is that charlotte is like it's a special gift for me to give my friendship like it's all a trade <laughs> for her yes yes and then samantha yes. has this samantha has very strange ideas about the world yes. in general but she's basically like mm-hmm. men are disposable that's her whole thing mm-hmm. um but yeah so <laughs> then carrie decides to set herself this yeah, Plan, it's, it's but of terrible. course it makes no sense. Like she's so delusional. <laughs> Everything involved in her relationship with Big right up until the end of this is delusional, boundary crossing, and everything. And yet they 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 help you to feel really sympathetic with her behavior anyway. Like she's got to totally. come to terms with this. So. Um, I'm just going to give a very brief synopsis for the people that haven't watched the episode. After learning of Big's engagement, a freaked out Carrie tries to cope with the ramifications. Miranda sleeps with Steve for the first time after their breakup. Charlotte tries to overcome her fear of horseback riding. And Samantha dates a man who's Mr. Too Big, determined to overcome his over-endowment. Uh, X in the City aired on October 3rd, 1999. And as I mentioned, it's written directed by Michael Patrick King. It ranked at number 25 on the Vulture list of 96 episodes of, uh, of Sex and the City. Uh, they, they felt that the season two finale brings home with parallel to the season one finale couple with more assured vision this time around. Sure, I agree with that. Um, I hate lists, so I I, 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 I reject all judgments. <laughs> uh, yes, I can I can I can sense from you that that lists are yeah I, I know I, mean, it's, I know look I used to write a piece every year in December called why I hate top ten lists. So. <laughs> 
so I'm always going to like, I, I, of course sure. you're supposed to argue with them, but, but I, you know, there, I mean, there are things you can yeah. criticize about the episode, certainly. But. For sure. And, and we will get to that. I'm sure. I mean, we talk about the theme of the episode a little bit, which is sort of how, how we move on. Can we move on? Should we move on from exes? Can you be friends with an ex? That's sort of the whole theme of it. Um, I, I really, generally speaking, when it comes to Carrie's columns, they really hammer home the puns, as we all know, when it comes to the VO. But I actually really liked this, this one, this X factor, this idea of like that, that the unknown, that it's an equation of some sort, that this idea of, of that you can never really know. You, you know, you can never really predict what your relationship will be or if there's a relationship with an ex. It, I liked it in the sense that, you know, generally speaking, the puns are a little heavy-handed. This I one didn't just, bother me. Look, I, look again, I, I, the Sex and the City vendor, will say yeah. this. First of all, this episode has one of the all-time great moments when she goes, what are you, Goldie Cox? Like, that's yes. very funny. Fantastic. And it's just like a it's very great. simple joke. Yes. It's yes. set up well. It's mm-hmm. like a nicely written scene. You don't quite totally. see it coming, but then when it's there, you're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, of course, this that's where funny. we're going. So, yeah. so, so, but the scene where she's doing her little, what, what is the... What, what is the X factor? I don't even remember what it is that she says. Oh, she was that. talking. She was literally talking about like like math equations and scientific right. equations. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the, but the thing I love is that that scene really is. I mean, they have a lot of them, but it's the classic Carrie writing the column scene where it really is like she puts her hair up. Oh, and then she there's a fan smokes, blowing on her. There's a fan <laughs> blowing on her. She's sitting at the table. She like looks thoughtful, and everybody yep. makes fun of those scenes. But I'm like. Look, this show is a stylized show and it has certain yeah. stylized scenes. And that is a beautiful scene that captures mm-hmm. this thing that is supposed to be Carrie writing her column. Yeah. And they just, I love how they do it in different ways in different episodes. But this one is a truly like right down the center portrait mm-hmm. of her. And it's just nicely shot and everything. And totally. It's funny. I was and thinking I, about like these sort of archetypal scenes in this episode because mm-hmm. there's that. And then, anyway, I, I, I'll. <laughs> I, mean, I, like, I was going to go off in this other direction in terms of like archetypal visual things that they show. Well, it's, I was actually going to, I was going to piggyback on that idea. This, I, I think what's interesting is that the stuff that is generally most mocked or parodied or whatever are the most iconic things. And they're iconic for a reason. The idea right. of Carrie and her black MacBook, you know, in front of her window saying, I can't help but wonder. That's the show. And, and I know that it might be sort of, you know, funny or easy to, to, to mock or parody, but it's because it's so good and because it no, breaks awesome. through. Yes. That, that's the thing. It's like, again, I mean, you know, it's the thing I always defend about the show. I'm like, the show is stylized. It has arch qualities mm-hmm. to it. And that is the aesthetic of the show. It's not a mistake yeah. that they put the puns in. Like, the puns are part of the show. So yeah. it's funny, though, that this episode has one scene in it. And I don't actually love the scene, but I think it's kind of funny because I think the scene is one of the it's it's the scenes that occasionally appear in Sex and the City that it's like this is what people who hate Sex and the City think Sex and the City is, and it's yeah. the scene where Samantha and Mister Cocky meet on the street is yes. literally the most absurd but yeah. kind of like full out scene where they're filmed yeah. walking past each other and they're like who is that stallion and then they're like it's ridiculous meet yeah. and then they have the oh why you a little cocky like it just it feels yeah. like a completely absurd scene it's in true. which um there's there's this just this moment that these two mm-hmm. sexy Manhattan people with all, this guy with like a super Wall Street look. She's wearing this ridiculous yeah. red dress. That scene is what people think the show is. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think it's a bad scene, but it's not a particularly witty moment. <laughs> like just, yeah, um, it's, it's – I mean, I, I would – 
I, this feels like a good opportunity to talk about that storyline a little bit because I do think that by and large, I didn't love the storyline. I, I just felt like he didn't get a name, first of all. Like you can always tell he when they don't really care name. about the storyline. He had a name, Mr. Cox. Mr. Too Big. Mr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I, I but I, I I'm speaking more to sort of the it, it it I don't know. There are Samantha storylines that are audacious and funny that I can get on board with, and this one just felt a little bit sort of. And maybe it was meant to be matchy matchy to James being too small at the top of the season, yeah. so they're going to end with too big, and that's fine. Um, and it's not that I didn't like it, and I and I appreciated this idea of of Samantha being in over her head of this idea of like I can't, I I, I cannot I you know. I can't rise to the occasion on this particular sexual adventure. There is something kind of funny about that. On but Samantha. it's also hilarious at the end. She says, "Can we be friends? Can we be friends?" Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. Like it's just like there's a beautiful yes. symmetry yes. to it. That's true. I, I agree with that. I liked him too. I thought the actor was funny. Yeah, he's very funny and really well cast. Like he just mm-hmm. physically totally fulfilled yeah. the situation. Mm-hmm. He acts at the. But uh, see, I see again. <laughs> with, yeah, no, please, I just, please. I mean, I put down the scene when they meet because I actually think it's kind of a stupid scene. But like the yeah. scene where they actually have sex and the whole scenario, I'm actually very much in favor of it because I think that it was one of the things the show did that was really good. Was not only mm-hmm. talk about sex, but actually in the case of Samantha, Samantha's like you know it's the whole thing she had with James. Is she's like mm-hmm. I have the right to be with yeah. somebody that I sexually desire and I can be picky and it can be physical. Like I can totally want certain physical things. And so Mm -hmm. Carrie gently makes fun of her, but I do think it was sort of a radical thing that the show was saying. The one thing Mm -hmm. I will say is that I almost thought the plot should have been more graphic because I agree. agree. This is the, this is what they leave out of it is they don't even talk, they don't talk about different kinds of sex. They they just make, they do make kind of dopey sex jokes. Like I didn't even want to approach it because I was afraid I get a lockjaw. Like, you know, like that. It's a very like Mae Westy situation. (laughs) Like where they they approach the whole thing, but it's just a given like, she's going to go down on him or they're going to have intercourse and the intercourse is going to be impossible because they they basically present him not simply as being like hung, but as being like some sort of like some, some, some sort of monster. Physical yeah, anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, um, yes. So, but, but the thing is again, within I, there's a level at which given how the show usually functions, they, mm-hmm. they, they're often more graphic in a useful way. Like the speech mm-hmm. Samantha once gives about giving a blowjob is just so tremendously great. Yes, yes, yes. In this case, they just don't go there. They just deal with it in terms of like what is preferable to her and what's even dealable. So yeah. it's kind of fun, but it's true that because of the role that it plays in the, the you know, they're, they're just not dealing mm-hmm. with it, 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 even in terms of like physical possibilities. They're just, it's a, it's a joke. Yeah, it's I no I agree with you. I think I think I think you really nailed it in terms of what the storyline feels like it's lacking for me, which is sort of ironic, which is audacity. It doesn't go far enough. It weirdly kind of holds back a little bit, which was surprising. I guess they just sort of felt like um it's it's a little bit of they 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 go with the the path of least resistance on this storyline, which I which is a little ironic considering yeah. the circumstances. It, it, it's true. It's yeah. funny if I like we could both brainstorm other ways this plot could yeah. go. Like, For sure. Yes. Like one of the things is they could suggest that he could give her pleasure in other ways, and that weirdly yeah, yeah. he would have this sort of useless yeah. appendage as far as sure. she's concerned. Sure. That yeah. would be interesting too. Like like there are just different kinds of things they could have done with it. But I will say that it does. It does. I mean, it sets up the Goldie Cox line. It sets up the fact that Samantha is like, I want what I want, and I'm looking for yeah, these specific yeah. things. I'm on yeah. this sort of uh, like, what is what is it called? 
when people go on and she's like I'm on oh, a, wanderlust? a walk like a walkabout like I'm gonna explore the penises of you know of Manhattan <laughs> until I yeah, stumble yes. upon the wonder exactly so yeah um, it's so it, I, yeah. I didn't I, I didn't have a problem quite a problem with the way the, mm-hmm. the way that you did but I mm-hmm. agree with you that it was intriguingly like not as graphic as it could have been given what the show is capable of doing about sex. That I, that I, yes, for mm-hmm. sure. I think that um, to, to, to move on to the, to the Miranda storyline with Steve, uh, the storyline starts with Carrie shopping for flowers on the street with Miranda. She sees Steve and she bolts and he sees them run from her and mm-hmm. Carrie turns and says, I'm sorry, or mouths, I'm sorry. Um, and that leads to the conversation you were alluding to earlier, which is the four of them in the coffee shop talking about exes and Miranda saying, um, you know, uh, we didn't work out. You need to not exist is basically the way that she sees yeah. uh, her exes. Um, and, and Carrie puts on this, this front of having moved on. From the whole big Natasha thing, she can say Natasha, and Miranda says, Natasha, when did you stop calling her the idiot stick figure with no soul? Um, and, and Carrie just seems to really kind of put on airs a little bit, it seems. She wants to believe it, but it's clear that she hasn't fully moved on from this. Um, Samantha says, Natasha, what a bullshit name, which is a fantastic button to the end of the scene, <laughs> where they all chime in and all say, yeah, total bullshit, <laughs> which is great. Um, so the, the Miranda storyline, I think, is... I fully agree with you that the, the scene at the door is one of my favorite scenes between Steve and Miranda. It's a beautiful scene. And this storyline beautifully articulates um, essentially Miranda's arc through the course of this entire series, right? Which is this idea of these preconceived notions, these boundaries she has, these sort of non-movable walls that she's sort of put in her life. And that Steve is just a guy saying, but maybe you should think about moving these walls. Yeah. And also, also, man, Steve and Miranda, I mean, there are very few characters on the show. I mean, I found all the characters relatable mm-hmm. in certain ways, yes. but Steve and Miranda feel more like people that I actually know. And one of the reasons yeah. is because things between them are not always like girl guy. Like there's not mm-hmm. always this just highly gendered idea, but behavior yeah. like they dated and she is a woman and he's a man but yeah. that's a very like human interaction where he's like you know who i am like stop yeah. treating me like this. Yeah. you feel you feel this very organic thing between them and actually you really understand their relationship in that scene in a way there's this funny characterization of steve over the course of the show where he's extremely variable like he starts <laughs> yes. off as yes. this sophisticated guy who reads novels in a bar and mm-hmm. then he becomes this absolute child who just watches yes. cartoons and can't take yeah. care of anything this the scene of steve in the scene feels like the mm. organic model yes. of Steve that they've created for the show, which is that he's not a perfect person and he can be, mm-hmm. there's a real spark between them because they both mm-hmm. like each other. They like each other's sense of humor. And also they just communicate in a way that's mm-hmm. just to me, a much more familiar way of communicating than this kind of weird totally. game playing stuff. So it's very refreshing. I also think it's an unusual scene and it, mm-hmm. it sort of shows the strength of the show because it shows why the show isn't just a series of cartoon yes. romantic comedy scenarios in which mm-hmm. people lie to one another. And then, you know, like it's a straightforward confrontation that's like just about intimacy. It's nice. I, 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 I couldn't agree with, with what you're saying more. And I, you know, as the scene was unfolding, um, I was really hit with th- this to me is why Michael Patrick King's quote unquote version of this show, why he ultimately is the person that carries the torch of this show from season three onward um, is so important is the depth that he sees in these situations, right? The, the, the ways that he's able to kind of 
really dig deep and find like this scene to me and for a little bit of context basically steve shows up at miranda's door and says like that was fucked up like what why did you run away from me like i'm steve i'm not something to run away from and he says i held your head while you slept <laughs> and like she just it just breaks her like she just and and cynthia Nixon, well who shot, sells this woman walks by in the hall behind him yes. and he's like oh there's a private like, conversation right. he goes inside and shuts the door yeah and but even just the turnaround miranda turns from him turns to camera just eyes filled with tears like he just breaks her in that moment um and and says to her, you know, I'm your friend. We can be friends. It was, it, you know, it was a shitty thing that you did. And she's like, I'm so sorry. It was so shitty. And he's like, yeah, but it's also shitty for me to show up show at your up door and tell door. you you're shitty. <laughs> like it's 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 a beautiful, funny scene about the complexities of sexual relationships, relationships in general, and what it does to us as people. Um, and I would say that the 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 perfect cherry on top is the the hug at the end of the scene they hug and it the shot of Cynthia Nixon who sells that hug in a way that's not like that that is everything right it's mm-hmm. it's the need for a hug the friendship she she misses him so much but there's also an, a sensuality to it where it's like it's tipping into that place of it being too charged like it's 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 a really beautiful scene it's true it it's funny yeah, they're 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 a very interesting couple on the show. I was thinking, you know, it's it's weird because I don't know what that actor is doing, but he sort of disappeared. He's on Chicago Fire. He <laughs> he's is? been on there for many many seasons now. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. He's getting listen. I he's getting paid. Should... It's great. Good, <laughs> it's good true. work. It's the great thing about procedurals, but this is a very different kind of role. Like totally, totally. Um, and he and he makes it because mm-hmm. because he actually this mixture of sort of dorkiness and sensuality yeah. and yeah, mm-hmm. he's very seductive when he sort of kisses. The thing is, it's just a weird situation. It's a weird situation. Getting, yeah. They're getting back together without having solved any of their problems, but I don't know. They're sure. very down to earth about all of these sequences, including like her wearing his shirt in bed. Mm-hmm. Boy, mm-hmm. she is styled horribly this season. <laughs> like, there, There is an outfit she wears that I, to this day, cannot even believe. It's like a hoodie that they put a hat over. So she's, You're I saying, mean, it's what? just crazy. <laughs> It's really bananas because she looks so amazing in several of the other seasons. I don't even have a problem with her in the first season where it's actually like a look. It's just this season. It's just at one point I think he he like touches her hair when he comes in, and I was just like, he he should just look at her and be like, okay, we. I realize that I'm your ex boyfriend, but like we need to talk about the styling. It's not working here. So so anyway, yeah, I I I like this I like this scenario a lot, and it Mm -hmm. it also contrasts with the thing with Carrie, where it's Mm -hmm. both. Both of the situations are people are delusionally seeking out a connection yes. with their ex, but in one case they basically fall into a friends with benefits situation is essentially what it is. Yeah, it's 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 they 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 convince themselves they can be friends even though I think they know in their hearts they can't really be friends. Mm-hmm. And then they go out for a friendly dinner and they go back to Miranda's so Steve can get back his t-shirt which let's be real. Yeah. If you're contorting yourself into a situation where you can get into the bedroom of your ex you just want to have sex like and yeah. it's fine and they, they can it's they, they, they could it's it's fine um but it is definitely a little bit of a really we're okay all right i mean sure. have, i will say they do actually have a lot of chemistry like they're, they're, they really have like there's a genuine feeling and they they it's also one of the things that's nice about the show as well is they really show a real kissing scene with them that convinces mm-hmm. you Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. And I don't know. The whole thing just feels weirdly down to earth and realistic, mm-hmm. which in contrast with the scene where like Samantha meets Mr. Cocky on the street is the <laughs> yes. range of the show. Yes. And it's yes. actually to me, yes. again, people could say it's 
it's like inconsistent in that way. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that the, the, epi- the thing that makes the episodes work is the contrast between mm-hmm. this and the Mr. Cocky scene and also mm-hmm. the Charlotte horse thing with the richness and detail <laughs> of Carrie's thing with Big. Like, like it's the mixture mm-hmm. of those that actually makes it, it, it yep. makes it work. Um, and I, I, I agree. You know, the more, the more you talk about that and this sort of the different boxes, quote unquote, that these characters check and, and the tones that they bring, the more this episode does feel a lot more balanced to me than it did yesterday. Yeah. Um, because I do I think, think that, yeah, we, you know. that little things like her saying to Mr. Cocky, let's be friends and stuff, yes, like, yes. It's, it's more woven together than I think it does mm-hmm. initially seem like. But, you know, right. at the same time, like, <laughs> I think I, I think there's no doubt that you're, you're – it's like you're absolutely right about the Charlotte Horse yes. thing. Yes, it's yes, just, It's just that it's it, it's okay. Like, they, they again, mm-hmm. they try to bring that in with the final scene where, mm-hmm. you know, the horse is being tamed and that's like carrying. Yeah, no, like, we have to talk about that in a second. Because <laughs> so that okay. is that – is, that is metaphor, not yeah. That yeah, is not a subtle metaphor. Um, I, I this this does bring us to to the carry big stuff, um, which is sort of the meat of of the episode. Obviously, um, the, the the Miranda Steve stuff ends on an ellipse in the sense that like they're friends, they've slept together, and it's a perfect finale beat to leave on, which is are they together? Are they not? Right. Leads into season three. Um, so Carrie big Carrie convinces herself that they can be friends. She calls him and says, "Let's get lunch." By the way. That phone call is oh, amazing. Awful. So awkward. Like, so it's awkward. terrible. And it, also, credit to both of them. Because I actually yes. say Chris Noth is great in that scene also. Particularly mm-hmm. in the line where he goes, he just goes, you sound kind of nuts. You sound crazy. You sound <laughs> kind of nuts. You sound kind of nuts. Like, it's just a great thing. Almost like Steve yes. showing up at the door. It's like, oh, okay. That's where they yes. were actually involved. Because they actually do know each other quite well. And then she's like, yes. can't you just let me have this one? It's just like, she just sounds horrible. And yeah, the excuse the she gives for hanging up on Natasha earlier is also convoluted. Where she's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then she's like, so please apologize to her for me. Like, it's just a terrible, it's like the scene in Swingers yeah. where the guy's leaving all yes. the messages. Yes. Like, it's a classic awkward thing. Mm-hmm. But they actually build a dynamic between them, which again sort yeah. of shows. It, it's like that and the scene where they're sitting at dinner at lunch. Mm -hmm. you feel like it's a real relationship it does not feel contrived so yeah she calls him up and they decide and you know you you have to feel kind of sympathetic with big in this episode because Mm -hmm. yeah you didn't mean to hurt her it's the first time i believed that he didn't mean to hurt her (laughs) and also unusually every choice he makes actually seems justifiable like he's Mm -hmm. been dating natasha they've gotten serious they've gotten engaged and he's like I should tell Carrie, but how do I tell mm-hmm. Carrie? I don't want to call her out of the blue. That feels weird, but I don't want someone else to tell her. And then she calls mm-hmm. him and she suggests lunch. So he's like, that's a great idea. And then they go yeah. and then it's like, you it's, can't figure I, out a way to drop it into the conversation. So I actually have to say, like, this was one of the rare times that I was like, yeah, you know, he's allowed to get engaged with somebody else. Like, I, I fully agree with you that this, I have been... And and I think I don't know if I talked about this with you in the first episode, but but I am I'm not a big fan, if I'm being honest, of of his character, and and I understand um, the place he fills in the in this show, right? Which is yes. he is the he's the guy, right? Um, and I understand that that with that comes a whole bunch of pretzels they have to contort themselves into in order to get him and where salt. they need him to go, and sure, long term, all of that sort of stuff. Totally get it. I've been on a show. I know what it's like, and it's and it's exhausting. Um, and I think that Chris Noth is great. 
And I think most of the time they stick the landing. But through the course of this season, he really does string carry along in a way that is oh, yeah. not okay. No, definitely. Um, so I, I, I appreciated that in this episode, through Chris Noth's performance and through the writing, that they really did their best. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. To make him seem human and to make him seem sorry and to put him into a situation that was not that he wasn't the villain, because he is kind of the villain for a lot of this season. I, I agree. And look, I think you and I share perspective on this relationship mm-hmm. in, in the whole mm-hmm. series. Because to me, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's a natural ending to this relationship, and it is yes. not the finale. The natural ending nope. to the relationship is Big has a heart attack. She recognizes that it's not mm-hmm. worth waiting around for someone like this, mm-hmm. and then moves yeah. on with her life. That's not Correct. how the show ends, but that's, to me, the logical <laughs> yes. ending of the story. I Everything agree. before that makes sense. By the way, I would like to mention that they also give Chris Knopf amazing, like the world's most expensive slip-on sandals during the, <laughs> during the phone call scene. Go back to the phone call scene. I, was like, I will. I was like, what is he wearing? I was like, <laughs> the, the scene decoration of Big's house, by the way, is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. like several mm-hmm. of their houses really look like the yes. kinds of, the kinds of luxury mm-hmm. that, that specific people would have or the kinds of like, vague artiness or something. So mm-hmm. Big's place is this cold, expensive place and he's sitting mm-hmm. in these big leather chairs and he's wearing what are slip-on sandals that you might have sure. around your house but made of extremely expensive leather, but he's having this very emotional phone call. And I was like, that's a very, <laughs> very good little moment for him. But yes, I agree. That's a nice detail. I agree that, it, I agree that in, in this, the other thing is like, you can kind of almost imagine being a friend of Biggs and talking to him. And, and also, Big is a little bit like, Carrie, do you not know who I am? I'm, a, yeah. I, I'm like, a, like a several times divorced intimacy impaired wealthy somewhat sexist control freak of course i'm going to pick a young hot model who seems Mm -hmm. like the right person on my arm like isn't that what you expected like it's just he 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 really like doesn't want to explain to her you're not a good choice for me (laughs) it's not because you're a special katie girl it's because you're a little bit of a needy basket case and <laughs> we have a very hot thing, but that's not yeah. how I see my life. Like I want this other kind of person. Like there's a much more unsympathetic read on his choice of Natasha. For sure. And, for sure. But the thing is, he's a little surprised that she's so romantic that she doesn't understand that a man like him would make that choice. Like she has a made up yeah. version of him in her head. And it's not the one that either you or I would have had about him from the moment she sees him in the first episode where you're like, oh, that's a Donald Trump-like guy. For sure. It's, you know, the, the, one of the things that hit me 
or worked really well leading up to, and in the, the lunch scene is she clocks that he's nervous. Yes. Um, that he, and, and he trips over the stairs as they're walking towards their table. There's something about big in that scene um, that really sort of humanizes him and takes him outside of the, as you mentioned, sort of the Donald Trumpian kind of box that he's in for right. so much of the series up until this point. Um, they basically, <laughs> uh, there's a great moment where they sit down at the table. They both order non-alcoholic beverages yeah, and they, quickly they look bail at each on other that. And like, Scotch, <laughs> They're like, we're <laughs> and and then there's a great moment in Carrie's VO where she says she solved the problems with an X. It's booze. <laughs> that idea of like you know just liquid courage goes a long way towards having an easy conversation with an X. That's it's, true, it's, and it's yeah. also the thing that's bonded them all along is that mm-hmm. the thing that they share. It's about her chain smoking. It's about him mm-hmm. drinking scotch. It's about like they're they're sort of they have this romanticized Manhattan idea of sort of <laughs> like. Yes. slightly sexy idyllic ridiculous sort of, of yeah. like yeah, yeah. being out at, at places and mm-hmm. it's this thing that they share and it bonds them that thing where he trips on the steps is great because it's both mm-hmm. first of all it's perfectly matched with her tripping at the end it's, just, yes. it's like a really really well staged scene this whole thing from the beginning all to the end it. the other thing is it's a great moment because she feels sa- sorry for him because she's like oh he's really nervous but she completely misunderstands why he's nervous she yes. thinks he's nervous seeing her but he's nervous because he has to tell her that he's engaged. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's this kind of heartbreaking tragedy where she feels smug mm-hmm. and confident and then she feels mm-hmm. overconfident because she Yeah, his his nerves put her guard down yeah. and make her confident as you said and then he just lays her out with this brutal brutal revelation. Um the moment when he tells her and it crushes her. She and she says, "I ha- immediately she gets like this splitting headache. She mm-hmm. can't handle it. She gets up. Her purse gets tangled in the chair. Everyone looks. And she at pulls them. the chair. Everyone looks at. He tries to help her. She. It, it's just. It's. It's the perfect amount of drama. Like this. This is the show at its most dramatic, right? Yeah. And and the best possible way where it's. The restaurant's quieted. Everyone's looking at her. She knocks over a, a waiter. He drops some dishes. She says the stairs are dangerous. She said, She's, <laughs> what did she say? She said, she said this thing where she was like, uh, I'm, I'm looking for the actual line. Okay. She, she said, she said, these steps are very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to the hostess, she's yes, like, yes. it's like, God. Who she, she, as she trips, she, she grabs the she hostess, grabs and the hostess her. goes like, oh. And it's like, everything about it is so awkward in the best way. And it's, and you feel for her, you feel for him too. Like, yeah. to your point, a lot of situations like this on this show are one-sided, right? Which is generally speaking, it falls towards one of our leads. This scene does a great job of making us feel for both of them that it's a terrible situation. They shouldn't have set themselves yeah. up for this. And it's and it's true that it's rare with Carrie and Big for it to be a two-sided mm-hmm. situation. Yes. Some of my favorite parts of the show have to do with the both sides are right thing, where mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. she and Miranda are both right about the choice to go to Paris, or she and mm-hmm. Aiden are both right about their breakup. Like there are things like that with big it's not usually like that and in this scene you do sort of also it's really good acting on his part because she says we shouldn't tell each other about it until it's really serious and they just show this long shot in his face and he's like god damn it she really doesn't know 
and yes. he feels sorry for her, so it's condescending, but he's also clearly really feels Brutal. this terrible moment about to happen. It's a really well-acted scene. But you know something? I have to say, I often, I mean, I love Carrie, and I'm often sympathetic with her, but I often find her behavior very frustrating. But in this particular <laughs> scene, I really like that she blows up like that because it's so much better than the other option. Because the other option would be to be a big phony and be like, oh, I'm honestly, I'm a little upset. I'm sort of surprised I, I guess I'll try to wish you well, but you know, I got to go. Like she could have mm-hmm. just kept it low, but instead she, that's so great that she leans forward, puts her hands in her hair and just goes, <laughs> I have a splitting headache. And then she just goes right at him. And the thing is almost as, as with the Miranda Steve thing, there's this real satisfaction in it. And honestly, like in a, in a weird way, it seems like a step forward for her to just mm-hmm. say, to stop pussyfooting around. And and she does have a legitimate gripe with him. She's like, you strung me along and now you're yeah. engaged to somebody after five months who's much younger yeah. than you. Yeah. I'm mad at you. Like you're yeah. a jerk. She's she's completely justified in in what she says to him. I agree with you a hundred percent that she um that I respect that she goes full at him. I would also say too, you know, it does dovetail i guess relatively nicely with the heavy-handed metaphor that we get with the horses at the right. end um but she can't uh but be I, tamed. she cannot be tamed untamable um it, it, it's it it's a great again i mean i know we said this earlier but it's a testament to sarah jessica parker's abilities as an actor because what she does in this scene the, the 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 rainbow of emotions she has to get across over the course of this five minute scene or whatever it is and they're both great when the when the drinks show up and they've had a couple already and they're laughing and they have just a genuine chemistry mm-hmm. um even if i don't really the the whole blood sweat and tears joke i don't yeah, totally like- get but that's neither whatever um but but it, i i appreciated them and and their chemistry as actors and the chemistry as characters. And then for this sort of gut punch to happen, she she lays him out and says, you know, it's ridiculous that you're that you're engaged to someone 25 years old and you know, you strung me along for two years and and, and she's great. Um I want to talk about something, and I'm very curious about your thoughts on it, because this is my my big bump about this episode. Okay. The way we were. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting, very committed scene there at the end. By the way, I was obsessed with the background characters watching this. Like, yes, yes, like yes, yes. All yes. of the people watching in the in the restaurant. I feel like I've been in that restaurant that they were at where she and Big yes. have that conversation. Some mm-hmm. super fancy midtown place. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, all the side people who are like, oh, somebody's What's having going the on here? Day of their life. <laughs> Just like just these cold people, Mm -hmm. these cold midtown people, and then when they're at the bar having the way we were thing, like people are actually kind of on board for them singing an entire song. Like they're not, they're not annoyed. They may be like, "That's a little weird," but they're kind of Mm -hmm. like, "Oh, that's kind of sweet." These four women are singing many, many verses, (laughs) not just like a phrase, like the entire song. So, does it? What bothers you about it is that you? Well, okay. So there's a couple things that bother me about this about about the setup to this final scene and then the actual, the, the bar scene. So I'll, I'll, I'll unpack this very briefly, but first of all, and again, I, I'm a TV writer. I know that there are things that you have to do to get you where you need to go. There's no world where Big sends her an engagement invitation to his engagement party. Uh, a, he wouldn't do it because he's just not dumb, and B, Natasha would never let him do it. So, like, it just doesn't make any sense. But I know that you need her to know that it's at the plaza so they can have their big scene at the end. So I get it, but it annoys me. But that being said, 
the way we were stuff doesn't work for me for two reasons. First, I don't really love the way we were. That might be sacrilegious. I apologize if you're a big way we were fan. Uh, I'm not quite Samantha, but I just don't care one way or the other. Great. Perfect. Um, The reason it bumps me is because it feels, it doesn't feel like this show. This show doesn't go there. It doesn't do pop culture references like this, where it hangs a big lantern on another thing that it can bake itself inside of. And, and it felt a little bit false to me. You know, you know, you know what's funny about it? As I'm thinking about it, I'm like, would, would, no, would Carrie like the way we were? Yes. Actually, sure. she really would. She has sure. a very deep attachment to older mm-hmm. retro Hollywood totally. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I think that she would be into that. She's like, I a, agree that. it's like a typewriter movie, you know, like, mm-hmm. and she's into that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, would Miranda like it? She she actually might a little bit because most because she's sort of a, like a, a culturally sophisticated person who's mm-hmm. interested in different periods in history. But I don't think that she would feel emotionally sentimental about. Uh, it, yeah. It's just hard for me to imagine that that's really her taste mm-hmm. in that way. I actually don't think Charlotte would have seen the movie. Like, <laughs> I agree. Like, like not that Charlotte. They're a little. Yeah. They're. They're. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember how old they are in this scene. It, you know what it reminds me of in a funny way mm. is that, and I actually have no problem with this on um, Transparent. They all have mm. musical taste that's like ten years older than they are. Like they love a lot of seventies <laughs> music that just doesn't make sense that they would have been listening to it. But you know that the writers have those tastes, and so the writers sure. have put this in there. So I agree with you that it's not a perfect match. But I, I oddly did not mind that they all went to some pop cultural thing that has to do with that, that you know, that self-justifying idea that's like, mm-hmm. that's the Barbara Streisand, uber Barbara Streisand concept, which is I am, I am a, like a funny looking, smart funny, passionate person that is more special than whoever, whatever blonde was cast in this movie. Like she literally has made seven movies, all of which have the same theme that Barbara Streisand is a preferable choice to the most beautiful <laughs> blonde movie correct, star on earth. Correct. And it, it, it is a self-pitying, narcissistic, mm-hmm. extremely um, uh, 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 addictive <laughs> philosophy mm-hmm. for somebody mm-hmm. who has been hurt and has feel feels wounded by being dumped and has to come up with a reason for it. So the Barbara Streisand part of it, I understand them mm-hmm. going to. I think the specifics of the fact that it's the way we were is a little bit weird. And I, I'm, I'm trying to almost think of some different pop cultural thing. You know, it's funny it's, because- I just, uh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry that that that, that I'm, I'm sort of thinking it through because I basically just take it at face value and look. It's set up so that Samantha is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, right. It's it's it, it's. I I think that for me, it's more um, about uh, Sex and the City for 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 good or for bad sort of exists in its own kind of bubble. Right, like there's the 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 coffee shop is a no named coffee shop. They they all tend to kind of, outside of fashion, they tend to not play with brand names. Actually, I really disagree with this. Like okay. I, like okay. I'm just gonna, it's the one thing I'm going to take issue with. Like they Please? made Sex in the City. Like first of all, I'm I've always said this, but like weirdly, although I don't have that much in common with Carrie because I would never have overlapped with her in the sure. specific sure. place. I didn't you know I didn't go to Bungalow mm-hmm. Eight. Like um, 
but mm -hmm. I'm the same age as Carrie and I lived in the West Village. And mm -hmm. and when I watched this movie when it was on the air, I was like, I know these exact places. Like they were exact right. references. Like um, when they go to that BDSM club on 23rd Street, that was a real place. Like there were a lot of things like that that were, you know, like they had to change the name of it. But um, Down the Hatch was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they, they named it like Drown the Hound on the show or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I know they did. So to me, it's actually yes, very sorry, specific yeah. about, uh, about cultural things in New York specifically. But I agree that right. this is a slightly different thing. I don't feel, though, that it's like a magical out of time and space thing where they wouldn't I don't mean to I don't mean to suggest that the show lacks specificity and and as as a person I'm not a New Yorker so I don't doubt for a second that they're very specific about New York and and you know as many have said it's the fifth character on Sex and the City and what have you uh as as terrible a trope as that is to say um but I I I guess my the reason it bumped me was just it was just such an explicit thing it felt almost and i i love nora efron just to be abundantly clear but it felt like it felt almost nora efrony to have Actually, these are very nora efrony scene that's true right yeah and and that's not a bad thing but it's just not this show to me you know what would be so, so funny is like know. they would actually have been talking about when harry met sally because they would have been like, yes, can men and women be friends? <laughs> like, it would be like a weird, for sure, for sure. What, what is that movie Inception? <laughs> like thing? Really? Yeah, no, it's it's like this layers of. So I think that's what kind of pushed me back a little bit. And then I will say too, um, her saying the line, you know, she's lovely, mm -hmm. and then putting to me was just like, I know what this is trying to do. I know this is like an empowerment carry moment, but to have it baked inside a movie reference kind of takes the piss out of it a little bit for me. Like I wanted Carrie to own this moment herself rather than have some weird winky thing to the to the audience. I don't know. I don't feel quite as negative as you about it, but you are actually <laughs> in in the opposite of like where I was sort of talking yes. you into some yes. of the other stuff. You're actually I, I I've just sort of taken this for granted. But I will say there's a couple mm -hmm. of logic problems here aside from the fact that I don't sure. think Charlotte would have seen this movie. You yep. know who would have seen this movie and would recognize that reference? Big. Big. Because <laughs> yes. big would big is big is a yes. little bit older and big and yes. carry share cultural references. Mm -hmm. Like they understand all of this stuff. Like yeah. Moon River, the reason they know both For know sure, that when song they dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is that when they dance to that is that they like older movies like that. They're yes. not watching yes. contemporary stuff from the nineties. Yeah. They're constantly talking about old Hollywood and things like yeah. that. So the weird thing is he would understand the reference. He is not an mm -hmm. un he's not an uncultural guy actually for a yep. big money guy and so of the four of them the only one who would get it other than Carrie yep. is actually big um the other thing is that it, and this this is the part that doesn't bother me as much because I understand mm -hmm. they're being supportive of her and so they're supporting her weird self-image of, sure. of herself as I'm too wild and special and then her sort of <laughs> switch at the end where she's like no you were trying to tame me I mean look this is, I know it's presented as an empowerment thing and maybe this is just the space I am in life and stuff or like how I was here. Maybe sure. if I had, maybe if I had literally just gone through a horrible breakup with somebody who like just went off with mm -hmm. somebody who seemed bland and easy, I would sure. take this as an actual empowerment mm -hmm. thing. But instead it actually seems like there's this incredible pathos to it, which is like, this is the story that you have to tell yourself in order to understand what happened that's in interesting. relationship. And so I, that's the that's double part of it that actually, to me, makes it 
kind of touching, especially because her boundaries yeah. are terrible. She shows up <laughs> at the plaza after the party. So it's, then it's Natasha insane. is looking out the window, like, you know, that's just not yeah. cool. But you're, by the way, you're right. Um, I, I, it's, it's a little <laughs> hard to believe he would have invited her given what happened. Even after yeah, the later it's, conversation, yeah. it's not, it's not really it's, a peace gesture. It's like, it's not. I mean, yeah. listen. I it, it this this does in, in no way, shape, or form ruin the episode for me. It's a little thing of that bumps me. And 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 if I'm being completely honest, it's something that they would never do again. Which to me, I mean, I guess there's sort of a Doctor Zhivago reference in season six with the horse drawn the horse drawn yeah, carriage. This is the, this in the only snow. thing that like I I dislike it for slightly different reasons. So, although like I'm I have a weirdly granular attachment to your argument. I'm like I don't think the problem is that they're mentioning outside <laughs> reference. The problem is that they haven't really thought this through. It's like who knows this reference and who does not. Listen, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> so, so I sort of I agree with you, but on a on a weird right. on a weirdly specific basis. Um, I guess I just and and you know looking at it from thirty thousand feet now and thinking about an American girl in Paris, thinking about the the references that that come to the that happen at the end of the of the series, this isn't so out of touch with that. Especially um, because so it's, I, I'm it's, sorry, there's no separating fair. Sarah Jessica Parker from from a <laughs> from, from, from Barbara, Barbara Streisand. No, yeah, no, 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 it's true. Yeah, yeah, like this is the this is the under I'm sorry, I, I know I cut you off. No, like, no, no, this, no. This is the undercurrent of it. Is yep, that Sarah yep. Jessica Parker who looks fantastic in this episode by the way yes, like they do yes, this whole yes. like caramel thing with her hair like it's she really beautiful. looked lovely um but the thing about like there being a sort of like jewishy looking woman with crazy mm-hmm. curly hair and a schnoz mm-hmm. who is operating mm-hmm. in a world that is yeah. is about women who are young calvin klein models who older men date who are very conventionally waspy looking mm-hmm. and have straight hair is is the undercurrent of the entire thing is like do you not find me appropriate do you find me too weird like is it because i look wrong am i not pretty enough for you to have in photos like it's even though th- there's no conversation about carrie not being attractive and she looks very attractive but the way they talk about her hair and stuff it all does relate to barbara streisand as a big cultural icon but now at this point in time 2021 that seems like an extremely faded lost debate by the way as a gay show like barbara also is like a real like this it's it's like a queer pathos thing i i you have you have turned me around you you have you have but but you have turned me around is the thing well we both win it's great i mean i've given you a basis for i i agree for accepting it but i actually think you're right that there's something wrong with it like yeah yeah it's. I think that it's. Um, yeah. I, I guess. I guess ultimately, there's a way for both of us to win here, and I think the nuance is a little lost. And I think that there's something that sort of. But again, it feels like a perfect distillation of this show being so close to what it's going to become. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So it's actually kind of a perfect way to end this season in a lot of ways because it does feel like the show has really sort of found itself, understands itself, um, even if this is only 95% there. So I think that that's, I think that's an interesting sort of, uh, uh, thing there. We should talk about this terrible horse metaphor for a second here. She basically sees a horse-drawn carriage and the horse doesn't want to take the bridle and she, deduces that big is she didn't break big and he can't break her and she's unbridled don't love it 
don't think it's a great way to end the season. Like it's literally the final moment of the season. But you know, it's funny because again, I, I'm sort of of two minds. But I agree with you, and I actually think you know, in a, in a weird way, it's just the apotheosis of the part of Carrie <laughs> that her friends, if talking about her behind her back, would yes. be like, "Man, she is a lot." Did you hear this thing <laughs> that she said about? Like you know, like they're very supportive yes. of her in that moment, and it's one of the nice things about this episode and the show in general is that, like, with a few exceptions, they are truly in each other's corners like charlotte mm-hmm. really tries to help her out when they're at the stable she tries to help charlotte out like mm-hmm. you, you know like they're, they're really trying to back each other up so when they hang out and they sing that song with her they're just mm-hmm. trying to give her some kind of tool but then yes when she goes off and she has this little voiceover in her head you're like <laughs> you're like yeah this is not <laughs> the only way to think about it but on the other hand you know you know something there is this quality to the early carrie bradshaw character before she kind of freezes up and gets a little damaged and cautious in the later seasons, which I personally think is a fascinating element of the show because um, she grows in some some ways and shuts down in other ways. And she just Mm -hmm. changes into a different kind of person. But at this point in the show, she actually is a kind of a, I mean, she's not wrong to think of herself as sort of a weirdo. Like she's kind of a weird, especially for the world that big hangs out in. She mm-hmm. makes strange jokes. Like, that's why yeah. she screws, you know, when they go to that wedding early on in the show, they're both mm-hmm. like, we're the kind of people who are like bad at weddings. So yeah. so this is a positive read that she can give on on this for herself is to say, mm-hmm. I'm an untamed stallion who just needs to find somebody to run with me like Atalanta. <laughs> like, it's self-aggrandizing. It's yes, sort of yes, juvenile. Yes. She probably needs therapy, but it's better than her just feeling like crap. So there's a way in which I feel like, and this is something that's sort of baked into the show is people develop these sort of compensatory versions of their life. And since the whole show is essentially like a seven season long debate about the value of single women's lives and how they can think of their own value. And she is at this point, like a stock who's, you know, value has dropped radically and mm-hmm. feels like she's been completely shoved off the scene. She's finding a way to think of herself as the protagonist of the story. <laughs> well, poor Natasha looks out the window at her own engagement party. And it's like, why is he talking to his ex-girlfriend <laughs> who's wearing like a fucking slip and talking to a horse? So <laughs> there's definitely several sides to this story. But, but I, that's, but that's yeah. the part of it where I actually feel like it, it, like one of the reasons that it, it, it may not work as as perhaps it's meant to as an affirmative mm-hmm. thing. It does work as a sort of complicated portrait of somebody trying to find a story to tell themselves about their lives. And that's basically how I see I it. Think that's, I think that is a, a, a perfect reading of it. I think it's interesting that you bring up the, the therapy thing because she does uh, have one episode where she goes to therapy and decides, <laughs> I don't need therapy. I need to like, date no. this guy in the lobby of the therapist. Yeah, Sean Bon Jovi. Ridiculous. That's an awesome uh, episode at the end when he's like, I have this yeah. problem where I hook up with girls and they dump them the next day. <laughs> it's great it's great i love carrie it's a great button but but i i do think it's interesting because when i when i when i did that episode um we talked about the whole therapy thing with my guest and it's i get that like you know the sopranos and they couldn't have carrie 
going into therapy as well. Like, do you really need to have two shows where your protagonists are in therapy? I get it. But I'm also like, I would have liked to have seen Carrie in therapy for a couple more episodes and not completely just discarding the idea that her mental health might be in question. I don't know. I don't know. I just wouldn't want it to turn it. Like, I I actually like that they refuse to pathologize her problems. I I realize that in real life, if she was my friend, and one of the things that's so great about that episode is her friends are like, we're sick of this. Like, they just (laughs) say straightforwardly. But, But it's a real issue in the show is that is that she keeps saying like i could be a normal person but this relationship is actually making me a mess it's like the whole other episode where she's like i you know am i a circus person like where she she's like yeah you know the the where she ruins a very good relationship because she's like i have been turned into a crazy stalking needy like she knows all these bad things about herself but i kind of like that the show does not does not just go like here's somebody who could you know like talk yes. about her childhood and work on her anxiety issues. I guess her solution true. instead of going to therapy is to go to Vogue. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a very Edge, sex in yeah, the city solution. True. She goes it's to true. Vogue, she finds a decent editor, she gets an incredible word rate, and that's <laughs> you know, that's, so, uh, that's a Manhattan version of therapy. That that does feel like the the uh yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I get that it makes sense that she doesn't believe in therapy, just to be clear. Like, it does seem within Carrie's character to be like, I don't need this. And I couldn't agree with you more that the delusion of the of the slow motion walk past the camera at the end while she thinks of herself in these grandiose terms is exactly the way that Carrie would do it. So there, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, while I have you, I do want to ask about the revival very quickly. Um, I know we don't know anything, but I, what I'm curious about is what you would want it to say. Like, is there something that you feel like you don't want, you don't even want to go there? You know, you know what I said about what, top 10 lists? Do you know you don't what I feel about, about revivals? <laughs> I feel I always say this, Fair but I'm enough. like, Fair it's enough. like Pet Cemetery. It never comes back quite right. Like that that, <laughs> that Stephen King book where the animal always That's comes out of the grave analogy. and it's like, mm, it looks like my old cat, but it's just walking funny. It used to That's be arrested development, but now it's like there's there's there probably is an exception to this because I know that there are occasional revivals that have worked and people like bring up things like um, Battlestar Galactic and I'm like, this is a different show. It's not really a revival. Like it's not the same thing, but most of the time, even the ones that have some good moment are just a mess. And I have to say, I am a person who thinks Samantha is central to the show. Like I, I don't think the show works without Samantha. I like the characters. I guess I'm interested in seeing people get older. Like, but it just, I, I don't understand I why things can't just be let lay. Like, <laughs> why does it have to? Well, money. Money. <laughs> but and, money. Which yeah. is appropriate to the show because that's pretty central <laughs> yes. to the show. But, yes. but, but, uh, like, I don't have a, I mean, I'll watch it. Maybe I'll like it. Yep. If I like yep. it, then I'll be happy. I'm happy for the people to get the money. <laughs> like, I like a lot of the people yep. who are in the sure, show. Sure. Um, but there, but there's another part of me that is just in a judgy way is like, why why do you have to do that like i i will first of all i love that pet cemetery analogy and i will be definitely using it in the future um i will give you credit every time but i but i just i i think that um i there's a version of this where first of all i i just i I would i would hate for the sex and city the second movie to be the last time i see these characters because that's an unfortunate way to wrap them up. Um, I'd love to see them come back to the television format and, and doing what I can only assume are half an hour episodes. Um, I think it, it suits the show 
it just suits the characters better. All that being said, I think that if this show is an exploration of what it means to get older, and perhaps some of them are single now or whatever, um, that's interesting. There's talk that, you know, the third movie was going to be about big dying of a heart attack. Perhaps that's what the revival is about. I was always in favor of big dying of a heart attack. So I was very <laughs> in favor of that plot turn. So if, if, if that is what this is, and big dies of a heart attack, and it's Carrie's thrown back into the single life at age 50, whatever, um, that's somewhat interesting. To your point, I don't need it. It but, doesn't but, need but to also, happen. But also, is it that but. interesting? Like, I like a lot of shows about older women. Like, I like. I, I think you know. Like, I loved Getting On. This amazing show on HBO. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like my perfect cup of tea, but the the Jane yeah. Fonda, like that. The uh, Frankie and show, Grace Frankie and Frankie. Like, I totally get why people like it. It's a real classical sitcom, and they're mm-hmm. both wonderful mm-hmm. and that sure. kind of thing. But like, there is this level where I'm like, also, actually, I'm a little frightened. I'm like, I think a widowed <laughs> Carrie. Like, given her politics, like, at this period, like, I'm just afraid that she's just going to have you. I just feel like she'd be a person that I met at a dinner party and would be like, oh, I don't agree with your opinion. I don't think we should talk about it anymore. Like, like, I just. Yeah, I I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. There, There is. Here's 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 where I come out on this. The the pet cemetery analogy is perfect because um it will feel like some sort of a zombified version of these characters and I I'd be lying if I said I'm not curious as to what that looks like, but I also don't know that it's going to wrap this up in a way that's going to be satisfying. Yeah, I mean, well, again, I'll see, we'll see what they do. I mean, I much prefer the version of it where people do like you know, Seinfeld 2021 or <laughs> yes, 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 yes. because sometimes those Twitter feeds are pretty funny yes. where they're like, yes. what would they be doing now? I enjoy yes. those. I think those are fun, but I don't actually think you need to do a series with it because I'm really thinking about it. And I'm like, but also, I mean, my main thing is because, because they don't have Samantha in it. I don't think it is sex in the city without Samantha. It's not because I think yeah. that Kim Cattrall is, you know, I think she's great in the show, but mm-hmm. it's not because I think that she is such a crucial figure in the world or something. It's just yeah. that the characters to me are a foursome. Like it, mm-hmm. it literally is not, but, but again, maybe the show will prove me wrong. I am open to that. I, I, you know, you're making so many valid points here. I couldn't, I, I, you know, you talk about the, um, fan fiction-y stuff of like, what would it be like in 2021 if so-and-so and and whatever. Um, There's a great thread that Dana Schwartz did on Twitter uh, about what Carrie and Big would have been like during the pandemic. Right. (laughs) Which which is fantastic and and so true. And I, I agree with you that maybe that's the best version of a future with these characters, but I mean, we're going to find out. It's well, going to be weird. We <laughs> you know, but, but I, 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 more than anything, I just want to thank you for coming on to talk with Thanks me. Thanks for having me. This. It was really fun rewatching and thinking about the episode. It's always sort it's, of a delight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Days. And uh, I have so much more television to cover. Um, so I'm hoping you'll come back for something else in the future. I would love if to. I, if I can twist your arm into doing it, it'd be great. Yeah, we'll figure <laughs> it out. All right. It was good talking to you. Thank you again. One last thing, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Speaking of subscribing, check out our Patreon on all the best films of 1989. Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Fabulous Baker Boys, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, Field of Dreams, Major League, and many, many more. We are covering all the best films of 1989 with amazing guests like Joanna Robinson, Liz Hanna, 
Hunter Covington, Brian Cogman, David Iserson, and many, many more. All your favorite guests from our 1999 podcast are coming on to the 1989 Patreon. You can sign up for it at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. For only $5, you get access to all of these awesome episodes. And for a few bucks more, you get video of our 1999 episodes as well. Plus, there are other very cool tiers too, where you can even be a guest on our podcast. Also, please check out our Reddit as well at reddit.com backslash podcast like it's. We're also on Twitter at podcast like it's. We're also on Instagram at podcast like it's. Thank you to Ernie and Will for producing our episode, Sullivan for our social media, Yonkatas for our artwork and theme songs, and most of all, thank you all for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.